Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, what does getting in your car have to do with renting a movie? That's right, we'll be talking about Blockbuster. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening and welcome to the Gone Show. With me tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Conroy Pike. Jay is a brain in a jar. Hello. John passed away in the United Kingdom in 1834 and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. Smooches. And Conroy is widely considered the world's greatest courier. As always, it's good to be here. And after recent events, it's certainly good to have you here again. Well, I certainly wouldn't be here if it weren't for everyone's support. I'm just glad it's all over. Even though it hasn't been that long, it's all starting to feel like it was just a bad dream. We were being targeted by a sentient homicidal potato. What kind of dreams do you have? Uh, In all honesty, most nights since the demise of Lord Spade, I've had nightmares about our former toy. I'm sorry, Jay. If you hadn't been there to help me, you wouldn't be going through that. Uh, No apology necessary. Uh, They're just nightmares. Well, because of your help, we've been able to rid ourselves of our waking nightmare. I'm reminded of a quote often attributed to Oscar Wilde. They've promised that dreams can come true but forgot to mention that nightmares are dreams too. Ew, that's comforting. Well, let us know if there's anything that we can do to help with the nightmares, Jay. Uh, Thank you. I'm fine, though. And I do have a meeting scheduled with one of the designers of my neural containment system. We're going to discuss the possibility of incorporating warm milk into the unit's fluidic system on a nightly basis. Well, that should do it. All right, well, keep us posted. Now, on to tonight's topic, which is probably remembered by most people who were around in the 1990s and enjoyed watching movies. We're going to be talking about the home movie rental chain, Blockbuster. When I was just starting out as a courier, I was on the road far too much to ever rent a movie from a Blockbuster. But I do remember driving by an awful lot of them. According to my research, the year 2004 is when the number of Blockbuster stores was at its highest, with more than 9,000 stores worldwide. That would explain it. And all of that started way back in 1985 in Dallas, Texas, where a Blockbuster video store opened for the first time. The founder of the company was a man by the name of David Cook, who, before becoming successful in the business of home movie 
Rentals owned a software company that serviced the gasoline and oil industries. That's a far cry for movie rentals. Right. From what I read, Cook's wife, Sandy, is the one who pushed for her husband to get involved in home movie rentals. And it does sound as though his experience in the software industry, which involved organizing a lot of information for clients, actually helped him to succeed in this new venture. So I guess there were more transferable skills there than you might initially think. Now that I think of it, I myself have skills that could be transferred to many different industries. Skills like deep tissue massage therapeutic touch. Thank you. We get the point. Me and my wife, God rest her soul, used to occasionally treat ourselves by renting a movie from our local blockbuster. But all of that ended when I rented a video that wasn't what it should have been. Did someone put the wrong video in the wrong case? Uh, Not exactly. It all started inside the blockbuster, where I'd made my selection and brought it to the front counter, where I was greeted by a young woman who I hadn't seen there before, which in and of itself wasn't unusual, since we didn't rent many movies. A woman, you say? Right on cue, John. I remember being immediately impressed by this young woman's computer skills because she was somehow able to work the computer at the front counter without ever looking away from me. I suppose eye contact is important in the customer service industry. Uh, Then she asked me an unusual question. Uh, She said, I see that you have a spouse listed on your account. Uh, Would you like for me to delete her? Yeah, that's an unusual question. I told her that I would like for my wife to remain on the account, after which this woman pretended to wipe a tear away from her eye and said, maybe later. Now, I'm not sure that kind of behavior has a place in the customer service industry. Ew, I don't know. Uh, When it came time for her to hand me the video, I reached out, but instead of handing me the video, she grabbed me by the shirt collar, pulled me halfway across the counter, and held me there with our noses almost touching, staring into my eyes. Jesus, 
Now that kind of behavior most definitely has no place within the customer service industry. Ew, I don't know. I was so shocked, I found myself just staring back at her. Then, before she let me go, and my body slid back down from the counter to the floor, she whispered, Don't wait too long to come back to me, or I'll charge you a late fee. Then what did you do? I backed away toward the exit, and she tossed me the video, and I drove out of the parking lot very quickly. Did you call the manager, or the police, or... I knew that I needed to do something, but I decided to talk it over with my wife before I did anything. We decided that I should call a manager first thing the following day. That is, until we started to watch the video. What happened? Uh, well, we were expecting to watch Trial and Error. Trial and Error? The comedy from the mid-90s with Jeff Daniels and Charlize Theron? I don't know. Instead, what began playing was clips of video taken of me as I went about my day. That is new place in the customer service industry. And while this candid montage of myself was playing, so too was the song Butterfly Kisses. Butterfly Kisses by Bob Carlyle? Yes. I don't mean to downplay the loss of your privacy, but the use of that song is almost worse than the voyeurism. Well, it all ended with a short clip of the woman behind the counter in bed, snuggling with a cat that was wearing a piece of cardboard over its face, and attached to that cardboard was a photograph of my face. Oh, that makes my skin crawl. And I hope that that was when you called the police. Absolutely. And they found her? Yes, the police located her at three o'clock in the morning. She was alone in the blockbuster where I had encountered her and playing on all of the televisions in the store was the movie Trial and Error. That is creepy. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, the judge ordered that she be sent to some sort of mental health facility for evaluation. Thankfully, it sounds as though the trial had new errors. Okay, thanks for sharing that, Jay. Jeez. Um, it's time for us to take a short break. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
You know it, and so do I. The world is full of wimps and weaklings. I also know that you've got something to say to these spineless losers. And the bumper of your car is the perfect place to say it. That's why you need to visit Badass Bumper Stickers online today. At Badass Bumper Stickers, you'll find hundreds of bumper stickers that say exactly what needs to be said to that wuss behind you on the road. Of course, the badass bumper sticker lifestyle began with the classic My Kid Beat Up Your Honor Student bumper sticker. But nowadays, with so many crybabies out there, it's time to take things to the next level. With some of our must-have, must-be-said products like our I Left Antifreeze Outside for Your Thirsty Pet bumper sticker. Our Your Wife Screams Like My Third Wife bumper sticker. And of course, our best-selling, if you make eye contact with me through my rearview mirror, I'll kick your fucking teeth in bumper sticker. Visit Badass Bumper Stickers online today and have the sniveling little twerps behind you pulling off to the side of the road crying and calling their mamas. Welcome back to Welcome back to The Gone Show. Tonight, I'm here with Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Conroy Pike. Tonight, our topic is Blockbuster. And before we leave behind this company's beginnings, I found out one interesting tidbit before the show that I wanted to share. Cook had originally gotten into the home movie rental industry by buying into a pre-existing franchise by the name of Video Works, which he left to start Blockbuster after the owners of the Video Works franchise refused to allow him to decorate his store with the colors blue and yellow. And as some of you may remember, the only two colors used in the Blockbuster logo are blue and yellow. So I found that kind of funny. To quote Frank Sinatra, the best revenge is massive success. Now, we've been talking about Blockbuster in terms of home movie rentals, but you could also rent video games from Blockbuster. And something else interesting I found out in doing my due diligence is that Nintendo of America sued Blockbuster early on for allegedly infringing upon their copyrights by making copies of the instruction manuals for video games. Blockbuster did this because those manuals would often be lost or damaged by customers, and in what I personally think was the right decision, the court eventually ruled in favor of Blockbuster. Yet another trial without error. Now, Cook left Blockbuster in... 1987, and in the 1990s, the company made investments in a variety of different film and music companies, underwent several mergers, and was then worth billions, with a B, of dollars. Now, in researching Blockbuster, I found that the company had invested in and partnered with a lot of other companies. In all honesty, far too many to mention them all, so I'll just mention those relationships 
friendships that I personally found interesting. One of those began in the year 2000 when the company had a short-term partnership with, believe it or not, Enron, which ended in a failed attempt to create a video-on-demand service together. And, speaking of Video On Demand, in that same year, Blockbuster failed to purchase a little company known as Netflix for just $50 million. Oh no. Several years later, Blockbuster eventually offered a way to rent movies online and receive them by mail. But, of course, by then, Netflix had already been offering that type of service for some time. To be early is to be on time. Another footnote in the history of the company that I found interesting actually had to do with late fees. Sorry, Jay. It's quite alright. Despite my experience, I still understand the need for late fees. Well, in 2005, the company began advertising a new policy that supposedly did away with its late fees. However, what it actually meant was that after eight days of not returning a movie or a game a person would be charged the full purchase price for that item, with that charge only being rescinded after they returned the item. This led to the vast majority of states in the U.S. suing the company, alleging false advertising, which led to the company refunding customers and more clearly advertising the new policy. Yet another trial without error. I'm impressed. Then, in 2010, it was the beginning of the end. The company failed to meet a deadline and was delisted from the New York Stock Exchange and filed for bankruptcy. A year later, Dish Network bought the company at auction for around $400 million when you factor in the debt that came with the purchase. And do we know what led to those downturns? From what I've read, the consensus seems to be that it all pretty much came down to poor leadership. Like I said, I'm really only able to give everyone the highlights because in researching this company before the show, I really found it to be all over the place. It looks as though it was involved in anything and everything, and lacked a lot of focus. In fact, I ran across a quote from one franchise owner who said, quote, Blockbuster, if it isn't already, is going to go into the Harvard Business Review for how not to run a business, or how to run a business into the ground, end quote. And I ran across another quote from one of the company's executives who said... Quote, digital would have changed Blockbuster's business, for sure, but it wasn't its killer. That credit belongs to Blockbuster itself. End quote. I see. And all of that brings us to the present, where there is only one Blockbuster franchise location left in the entire world, and it's located in Bend, Oregon. 
Here's hoping they never hire Jay's girlfriend. The next time I'm in Oregon, I'll have to visit that location. Maybe I'll finally get around to renting a movie from Blockbuster after all. Yeah, if I'm ever in Oregon, I would definitely check it out too. Uh, no offense to that location, but I would probably wait in the car. Based upon your experience, Jay, that's perfectly understandable. Alright, we're running over on time, so we have to get going. So I'll just say thank you to my listeners and guests. And until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.